0: I am Armlet the Bear Wolf, son of King of the War Raven, and I am his vengeance. Hi everyone, I am Dan. I'm Mike. Welcome to 15 minute film fanatics. This is a different kind of episode. We're going to be doing the North man today. Now, this is a film we're not going to do our three part segment like we usually do. We're just going to see where this goes.
1: We did the witch, which was one of our first episodes, yep. just knocked it out of the park. Very Home scary. Run. Acknowledging supernatural evil, deeply uncomfortable movie cameras always in the right place. Great performances.
0: And then we did the lighthouse. And what did we love about the lighthouse?
1: Everything. Monkey pump.
0: Monkey pump, right? Mike and I said, if we ever open a bar, we're going to call it the monkey pump. So we were so excited to see the Northman. Through a bunch of delays, delays, delays. We finally got to see it. Mike saw it last night. I just saw it about an hour ago. I just finished it. And we didn't talk about it yet. All we did was text each other about how much we hated it. So Mike, let's start talking about what's wrong with this movie? Because there's plenty wrong with this movie. And we usually don't like to do these kind of episodes where we dump on something, but so many people spoke so highly of this. And I think it's bad in a certain kind of way that more and more contemporary movies are bad. So Mike, start us off.
1: When William Gaddis published The Recognitions, the movie, the, then movie, the novel was so long that the reviews started to come out before it was conceivable that anybody had read, much less actually thought about the book. And so what they did was they based their reviews on other people's reviews of the book, having not read it. And I feel that something similar must have happened with this movie. Yes. Which is like, what movie were you watching that you wrote this wonderful latatory review? It yes. doesn't make any sense. What are you? What is there to loud?
0: It reminded me of the same experience of seeing The Green Knight. Now, again, nobody was more jazzed up to see The North Man. How jazzed up were you to see this movie?
1: Uh, I paid $20 to see this movie, yes. which is more than I... Have spend on anything.
0: Yeah. So, and I, and so we were so excited, just like I was excited to see the green Knight when it came out last year. And in both cases, I, you know, you get this film that it's almost like, like people are told you have to like this. And if you don't like this, there's something wrong with you. And it had all the same problems as the green Knight. You had great source material. I mean, you literally for both of them have great source material, but um, they're both really dark. The, I mean, how glad were you when they were finally on the ship when he before he dives into the ocean to just go back and get his revenge where he's going with Anna Taylor Joy? I'm like, oh, thank God they're in daylight. Th- and I'm not a Rube, but I thank God, you know, every single scene in this movie was darker than Michael's office in Godfather Two.
1: Could not we just agree that there's enough whispering in the dark? Yeah, like, oh can my we God. can we have a can we have a three-year moratorium on whispering in the no, dark?
0: No, not even whispering. I'm fine with whispering because if they whisper, you could still understand them. What they do in this movie and in green and in other new films is they mumble. So they don't, they don't say like, you know, I am going to get my revenge. They say, I'm revenge. And what, what's going on. And while we're at it, what was with the fact that sometimes they spoke in Scandinavian or, you know, a, a Danish or something like that. And sometimes they spoke in English. Like when their emotions went high, they started to speak in their quote unquote native tongue. It was like a musical, like just do the whole thing that way or don't.
1: Okay. So you look at the cast list, like, Pretend that we're not the kind of people who love movies. Obviously, we spend our spare time putting together a podcast about (laughs) movies. So we love movies. We watch movies. We analyze movies. Pretend you were not that person. And you said, oh, Nicole Kidman's in this movie. You know, or you said, oh, Willem Dafoe's in this movie. Or whoever. Ethan Hawk. Oh, Ethan Hawke is in this movie. Swell. Uh, I guess I'll see it. I like Alexander Skarsgård. I'll see the movie. None of their performances, not only do they not get a chance to shine in any moment where you can see that they were supposed to have a chance to shine, Willem Dafoe's part, like all I can say about it is every time he's interesting in a movie, it's clear that some difficult part has been written and they get him because he has to stretch himself to do it. This performance is as though he had written the part himself. It's like, what do you most like to do? I don't know. Act crazy, be wild, unpredictable, dance around, sniff people, mumble. mumble. The Mumbling closest you get to anyone, favorite.
0: the the closer you get to anyone acting is the scene where you find out the the big the big s- secret about Nicole Kidman, and then and you know and like okay that's quote unquote acting because it's because really it's like the only long conversation in the movie, and but
1: it's not di- but it's not di- it's not dynamic. Meaning, like, even if I were to criticize that, like it's a it's a one note. Performance. It's like, how long can I sustain this note before it becomes shrill? And okay, she's been a she's been a top-notch actress for 25 years. So she pulls off what's in the script. But even that, even that scene, that scene is like what great Gertrude Stein said about Ernest Hemingway's early stories. It's like technically, okay, they're very good, but nobody wants to read about that. So try again.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's also going back to what you said about Willem Defoe. It's almost, this movie had parts that were like the lighthouse that were, were Dave, Where he wanted to do the lighthouse again And get all trippy And like there's parts where they're like almost in black and white And there's parts where he wanted, where I thought in the beginning I'm like, oh, this is going to be really like scary It's going to be the anti-Thor It's going to be, um, you know Not that I was looking for a true vision of the Vikings But it's going to be something that's going to be very unsettling And it's going to be like watching the witch And it, it's it's never as scary as the witch And it's never as as interesting as the lighthouse like the lighthouse even when it's and it's trippiest is always interesting this was never interesting
1: i'll be honest i think the worst or most egregious thing about this movie is that you can tell from the beginning that it it just doesn't like me like if you think about symbols as they appeared in the lighthouse there's a lot of weird animation in the lighthouse there's stuff that doesn't necessarily meld together you see a weird triton or sea god a mermaid something in the lighthouse a squid tentacle you see a lot of weird stuff right but those are those are images not connected to a mythology so your brain starts to weave and it at least has something to work on right this movie is like hmm, i bet you think you know what a valkyrie looks like but do you really michael you know and that it's it's just it's this this ironic contempt for me as the viewer doesn't yeah. respect my intelligence doesn't risk doesn't respect its own predictability doesn't respect uh me, even from a visual standpoint, everything every interesting thing happens at a distance so you can't tell who it is. And every uninteresting thing happens about six inches away from the camera. But why does this movie hate its viewers?
0: Spot on. After he kills Nicole Kidman, he runs in to kill the, the older brother. And remember, he puts the sword right through the bed first but you don't see who it is so i'm like wait a minute he killed his uncle that quickly like he just ran in there and killed him he was then then the uncle walks in he realizes like why not show who he's killing and if you ask of course then you're a rube or if you say i was confused someone will say, really you couldn't follow the simple plot
1: which of course is the opposite of a of a film that actually respects its viewers intelligence if you watch the godfather part two there's there's like seven different plots that yes. you're supposed that that are happening in different years. And if you don't keep them straight, you will miss every like, scenes are unintelligible unless you can tell what's going right. on. So this is not about complexity. This is actually about a startling lack of complexity. The Godfather thinks that you are at least as smart as Francis Ford Coppola and the person who wrote the source material so that you can keep up. This movie thinks that you're an
0: idiot. Well, let's talk about that. How many times does this movie again? Like he finally goes. He when he when he kills his mother and his uh, his his half brother, I guess. And then the father comes in. So there he is. Hamlet's looking at Claudius. They're right there. And he's like, I will see you at the gates of hell. Like, Where are you going now? Then he finally, ha- earlier he has him. Okay, got you. How do you know that was your son's heart? Okay, tie him up as if he's going to talk. Like th- th- it's cut. Then they're on the ship going back. And you're like, he's got to go. I have to dive into the ocean now and swim to the gates of hell and fight him like Obi-Wan fighting Anakin at the, at the lava pits. And we won't even talk about the runes for the, the, how pretentious that was, but how about this new trend in movies, how you can't tell, you cannot have the title till the end. You know, Coppola did that for Apocalypse Now, and that was really innovative. 1979, when you see the napalm go off and then you see the words Apocalypse Now. Now, you, you, I don't know, what, why can't you show the title at the beginning?
1: I, I wish I wish they would actually sit through the entirety of Apocalypse Now and then think, how was that done?
0: You know, here's what, you know, when we did prisoners, you said, one of us said that there's a good like movie inside of prison. Now prisoners, by the way, is, is citizen Kane compared to this thing. But remember we said to prisoners, like the the whole premise was guy thinks the, the father makes a wrong assumption or what might be a wrong assumption about the bad guy kidnaps him and then has a moral crisis because he thinks holy cow i might have been torturing the wrong guy maybe like that's a that's all you need remember we kept saying we keep saying in this podcast like you could do so much more with less this one i thought when i was watching it the 90 minute movie was guy has to go revenge his father and he decides he's going to drive the bad guy crazy for a while so they do those nightmares and convince him it's an evil spirit and then he's going to fight him at the end and you can have other stuff happen but there were so many rituals and, and mumbling and then he goes in the cave again it, 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 like i was like oh no i mean
1: if there's a good 90 minute movie in there here's where it is uh he's rowing and he says uh i will avenge you father i will save yeah, that you, scene was good mother i will kill you over and over here and then we skip all the interesting bits and he's an adult Like young, young man on the run joins a Swedish Viking crew attacks. Russians is a great movie. Where did that movie go? Like fire Alexander Skarsgård, go back in time, do a movie starring that kid growing up into that person. And then once he becomes that person, he swears to kill his uncle and goes looking for him. Uh, And then it's like, oh yeah, your uncle's a sheep farmer. Like, uh, you know, I was like, huh? Uh, And then the credits. (laughs) (laughs)
0: great excellent movie right whatever you want it's funny because i thought the same thing when he was rowing in the beginning i'm like oh that was that was terrific um and of course it had that movie stuff at the beginning where like 16 guys descend upon his father and he's hiding behind a rock and like go get that kid like that's like you've seen that in a million westerns you know but you'll let those things go if you're if it doesn't take much to suck you into a story when you're sitting in the dark looking at a giant screen it doesn't take that much work but you know, you think about this being, you know, I kept laughing that, you know, Amleth, this is, you know, this is the source material for Hamlet, as I'm sure you know, the story about Amleth. And you think about, I was laughing to myself, Hamlet delays, or Hamlet's delaying is one of like the great fun things to talk about literature, you know, um, you know we all know about it we've talked about it ad nauseum in our regular lives right but hamlet delays for like these existential reasons or reasons he doesn't really understand this movie keeps delaying because like it's like eggers wanted to just keep showing off They're having more scenes or having having more scenes of torture or have the guy come in and, and you get to see his intestines fall out or you know have the ravens come the spirit of his father and untie him like the delay was so um transparent and so unnecessary
1: this movie is not, it's not even bad in interesting ways. I'll accept bad in interesting ways. It's just, what were you thinking? Because you, you have, you make these movies and then you have to sit down and ostensibly, you have to watch them before you turn into the studio. You don't just direct it, right? The, the editor does a final cut and then you sit down, you do your cut and then you negotiate. And then you uh, you make some popcorn and you get a Diet Coke and you sit down and you watch your own movie. So what I'm wondering is, how could you have sat down and watched this movie and then gone, oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll put my name on that versus the other two movies that you made. Right. The, the, we know that he can make a movie. Right. So that's even worse.
0: I also thought it was funny that Anna Taylor Joy walking around, she could not have been more out of place in this. It was like I thought it was like watching Marilyn Monroe play a peasant during the French Revolution. Now, since the witch, she's done a bunch of other things. She's grown up. So she sticks out like a sore thumb. And then how about when she put him after he gets beaten up, um, beaten to a pulp, not killed, not killed after after, his uncle catches him. um, She rescues him and then they decide to go in the hot tub. I almost started laughing out loud when when they get into the hot tub. I'm not done with you yet. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. It's
1: my biggest problem with it is that it's supposed to be some kind of repudiation of toxic violence in movies in a situation where the entire narrative is built only on toxic violence. And so. Right. What are you actually trying to say? What are you actually trying to get? I know that's Nabokov's um, C-plus question. C-plus question. What is the guy
0: trying to say?
1: But honestly, I I feel that way. Whatever's trying to be communicated, I'm not too thick. I I understood what was attempted to be communicated, but I don't understand the the form in in which.
0: (laughs) That's what it is. That's what it is. Hate will destroy you.
1: Yeah, Yeah. The movie's just filled with hate and contemptible people
0: right right yeah at you know least, what I mean? what's
1: what's 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 the moral here women suck too like yeah. what like what is what's the moral of this story
0: and you know everybody dies at the oh, except for his, his his two um weird kids he's he's hanging in the family trait when he sees his vision when he when he kisses the blood on her neck but that being said when when Hamlet dies at the end of Hamlet and everyone's dead you feel you do feel that great like great catharsis and you feel like you know like uh you know good nights with Prince and flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. Like, like this was a person who understood something about the universe and he paid a terrible price for it. But you know, th- the world is worse than Hamlet's not in it. But, but th- he just, um, you know, in this movie Hamlet he lumbers around, like, like Boris Karloff, like with his head down, like, Ugh! and I know someone is going to say that's his act. That's his routine. Just like if I say the stupid field hockey game to the death was so ridiculous. Someone will say, you know, they actually did that in Viking times. Hamlet.
1: Hamlet experiences the supernatural and then spends scenes which translates to 30 or 40 minutes of your time wrestling with what was that? And in such a beautiful, in in language that not only could you not re-express, you couldn't do it if it were written in front of you. And if you were left alone for years, could never reproduce if, if you only had time to sit and think about that supernatural moment. This guy fights a zombie King and gets a, a sword that he can't unsheath uh, in the dawn and goes, huh? that's weird.
0: Yeah, The night sword. Huh.
1: And, let me, let me buried in the roof. And it's a whole movie about that. Like nothing happened. <laughs> Hamlet yeah. is, Hamlet is just interesting. Hamlet, um, Hamlet derides, yeah, that's it. Hamlet derides fate. What's interesting about Hamlet is Hamlet starts to feel that he's faded. He knows that he's fated. He fights it. He asserts his humanity. He asserts his will. He 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 delays its conclusion because its conclusion is his conclusion. This guy goes, well, the Norns told me to. So,
0: yeah, I Hamlet, guess I'll
1: use this magic sword or whatever.
0: Right. Hamlet wrestles with the the fact that Hamlet's seat gets a, the taste of his fate makes him and his fate is, of course, you're gonna end up like your father, as we all will. And that makes him wrestle with the biggest questions a person can possibly wrestle with. This guy mopes around and, and thinks he's concocting these plans. And then his big plan is to like, you know, whatever, kill 30 guys and put them up on this weird Hieronymus Bosch thing on the side of the, the roof. It, it, it doesn't work.
1: Nothing nothing in this movie works. None of the performances work. Nobody's charming. And And which brings us kind of full circle to the original question, which is, have we... I refuse to believe that we've reached a place where other people can't tell that this movie sucks. Other people know that this movie sucks. So they're either totally in bad faith or they want this movie to be good for some reason. And I I can't decide between the two because they're, they're both equally silly. I think you're
0: spot on. So, thank you for listening, everybody. If you didn't, li- if you did like The Northman, we apologize. But you know, you could you could find us on Twitter at one five man film. We'll go back to normal episodes really soon, but we just had to get this out of our system.
1: Just say, you know, spoilers, whatever. Just save your money. There's yeah. there's so many there's so many things in this world to spend twenty dollars on. You just keep it in your wallet.
0: And as our new logo goes, right? The problem, Mike, is not that there's nothing to see. What's the problem?
1: There's too much
0: to see. There's too much to see. Thanks, everybody.